After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials tonight. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Your house is lovely. Yeah, I just said that. Okay, nobody heard you. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. So, big announcement. We apparently have a new producer for <laughs> After These Messages. Yeah, I'm excited. So, first of all, I feel terrible. I'm just now realizing that longtime listener Mike sent us an email that basically had an entire show produced within it. A concept, links to a bunch of examples. Yeah. He sent it in like months ago. I never even replied. This is the first time Mike is realizing that we're actually using his idea. Well, it's a better late than never, right, Mike? I mean... Mike, did you did Mike really care when we used it? Mike sent us a gift. You don't tell a person how to use a gift. Yes, but you do say you do send a thank you note when you, you say, use it, and that's what you... <laughs> this show is. I like. I still have this thing in my life where, like, I mean, people don't really give a lot of you know checks out or like money out as gifts anymore at this stage of my life. But like, when I was growing up, I get a check from grandma or whatever for my birthday. You never deposit that. You have to until send, a, send a you, thank you call and say thank you, or you send a thank you note. Absolutely. Once that's sent, then you can deposit the check. But then I would drag my feet on that, mm-hmm. and then eventually it's like, so did you get that check or not? Because I'm trying to balance <laughs> my checkbook here. It's a whole thing. Um, anyway, yes, listener Mike sent in a uh, a topic for us. Basically, would you describe? We'll read his note in a moment when we get into the segment. But essentially, uh, it's based on the idea of surprise guests or uninvited guests? Uninvited or unexpected, certainly undesired mm. uh, in most cases, house guests that you um, suddenly have to prepare for in some way. And Mike sort of realized this is a trend in commercials, yeah, current definitely. and past. And so he sent a bunch of examples and uh, we came up with a couple of our own as well, including a, a revisit of one of your favorite commercials from during the, the pandemic era yeah. that actually kind of addresses pandemic behaviors <laughs> directly. Um, I rewatched that today and we'll hear it again in a little bit. It stands up. The performances are so so good. It really is. Also, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's oh, okay. I thought you were going to say something. We're going to compliment me because I don't want to cut you off. You're nope. going to compliment there me. There were no compliments. Are you, are you sure? For you. Yep. Trim my beard last night. <laughs> um, also, uh, I found a really fun commercial. I think it's fun. I don't know. Last night, I was going through one of my VHS tapes that I found at a garage sale. And in my notes, I just like... In red, I, I will indicate things I want to go back to later with like red fonts in my notes. You okay. know, I was going to say ink, but it's not ink. It's Google Docs. I'm, you can make the argument I'm getting bogged down here. Anyway, last night I have all these notes that are just like, this is a good one. 
This one is so good. <laughs> this one is so, so good. And I realized, were the commercials getting better or was I getting drunker? Well, <laughs> I grabbed one of them today. I'm like, I know oh, one yeah. of those things is true. <laughs> one of those, one of the commercials. The they, one can, they, they are not mutually exclusive, but I can definitely tell you one of them is true. <laughs> can I, let me see if on the fly, can I pull up my notes? Because you kind of got a view of my um, notes that I take as I very, um, in a very detailed way, keep track of everything that is on these tapes. And I've got this Google Doc that goes up to like 28 pages. And you, you got a glimpse of it for the first time last this week. Is psychotic. <laughs> yeah, what I, do you intend to... What I'm is, an archivist. Of what is the, what's the end state for this document? Well, I keep this document so that I can then go back. Every single commercial that I come across on these tapes, I digitize and upload. I don't just take the best ones. So this is my way of keeping notes about which... Um, uh, commercials appear at which timestamps on the tapes because I do save the I tapes. See. So it's as really well. a functional tool for you. It start, yeah. I mean, definitely for me to take the notes and then go back and then I clean them up because I do. I I, I know it's ridiculous. Like I'm not going to be handing off this collection of VHS tapes to anybody. I assume, but like there is part of me that yeah, you always can. I think you can comfortably leave them out of your estate planning. <laughs> I've always wanted to be an archivist, and so I love combing through these things, taking copious notes about like, okay, like I'm going through this cassette tape now a VHS tape that was from a news program like a morning news program and so the headlines from 1995 I find very interesting as well so I'm taking notes here are some of my notes um, <laughs> from last night commercial break sleep country burning money great Fred Meyer good um, oh Como 4 sex news survey <laughs> sex in the northwest so good <laughs> I write um, was that one of the responses on the <laughs> survey <laughs> I think so. I had some in here that were like, so, so good. I was just getting very, um, very excited about this. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to play for you one of those commercials. Well, it's it's my good to there. love your hobby. It's good to love your hobby. It's good to get the demons out yes, by putting everything sure. in order. Things must be in order. Uh, and Genevieve, I'm burying the lead here. Uh, we will, of course, check in with our dear listeners, the Ad Council. Last week on the show, the whole premise was you and I coming up with our own sort of pitches or ideas for the Geico campaign uh, for new homeowners or new renters where they say, hey, we love our new place, but we have a blank problem. We have an ant problem. We have a clogging problem. And it's a play on words, right? Right. So last week, you and I came up with our own kind of concepts for that, our punny concepts. And we asked the listeners to get in on the fun. And we have no fewer than four also no more than four we have exactly <laughs> four great pitches all in audio format on the voicemail line i'm so line. excited uh, and they're gonna listening. be new to me because you've listened to them but i have yeah and they're and they're really really good so thank you yes. you really came through for us yes and the whole show today so uh yeah anyway, actually let's get going with we, we sort of are superfluous this episode oh and one of the pitches comes from mike our producer today. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. Bad company. Well, let's begin where Mike began, which is to say um, in his email to us, he said, have you seen the Bayer paint commercial that's been airing recently? It shows a couple quickly trying to cover up all the blemishes in their living room by rearranging furniture and appliances. 
I think both of the actors gave really good performances and the ad in general is a good take on the well-worn trope that I think of as, oh no, we've got company. Mm-hmm. And then uh, by his own admission, he kind of went down a rabbit hole of looking for those kinds of ads uh, where somebody uh, either forgets or or learns at the last minute that they're going to have company. Often, I got to say, the in-laws take the brunt. Ah. Uh, in a lot of these, a lot of these ads, is this bear paint commercial also part of the campaign, or is it even the same brand as the commercial that you and I like? I don't remember if it's come up on the show or not, but you also have a couple who are talking to another couple who are clearly visiting them in their home, and they're all drinking wine, talking about their new paint, yeah. like they painted an accent wall or something, and then it gets kind of psychotic though, because like I believe the woman who lives in the house starts throwing her wine yeah. onto the wall. I can't remember if that's bear paint. It's certainly for a paint brand. I always think when I see that, like, well, I hope your carpet is also wine. Yeah, I know. I know. And, but she gets like kind of crazy eyes. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember who whose paint commercial that is. It's a occupational hazard. I feel like with a lot of these kinds of ads, where you can remember the ad, you can remember the story of it, you can remember um, what product it's, what kind of product it's for. But if you can't remember which brand of product it's for. It sort of just makes you want to buy paint yeah. versus a particular brand of paint. And have I mentioned this to you before? I feel like I must have at some point. There is the Allstate commercial. I mean, there's a whole campaign, a series of commercials with um, Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to see him get work. He's still a little bit wooden as an actor, I think, on the screen. I but think he's getting know, better. I think he's getting a little yeah. bit better. But the, the premise is pretty tortured. Um, but it's kind of like you don't have to share all your private d- information with me in order to get this yeah, friends and family this, discount this camp- or whatever. This campaign that they're doing with Hot Jake is so it does not work for me. It's very, I think it, it is it is stilted, and they have to kind of like I know a lot of these com- these. I mean, they're looking at Geico, they're looking at Progressive and going like, well, why can't we have an idea that's just like a jokey premise that that turn, you know, like there's some joke that turns on the same premise mm-hmm. over and over again, but their writers just aren't as good. Yeah. And, and the premises just and the aren't premise as good. This is just like so tortured, but yeah. there's one where he's like kind of confessing to Jake that he really loves bath bombs and we just see uh, Patrick Mahomes in like a kind of a bathrobe and he just keeps on dropping these bath bombs into a tub. Right. I've never used a bath bomb before. Oh, I have. That commercial makes me want bath bombs so badly. <laughs> now whenever I pass them in the store, it looks like so much fun. He just keeps <laughs> plopping one after another after another into the same you tub really of water. You really just use one. I'm sure you should, but it's so satisfying watching him do that. I'm just like, screw insurance. Use this commercial to sell bath bombs. Yeah. Is yeah. my point there. Anyway, so I've gotten as far afield. This is a bear paint commercial. Now, I haven't seen any of these yet. Yeah, okay. I've watched all of these. Um, it's it's pretty much what Mike describes, which is you have a couple um, sitting in their, uh, in their living room, and they realize um, that people are coming over. I think they either forgot that people are coming over or they get, get word that somebody is coming over. And so they rush around the home moving at first they're just like oh move this lamp in front of this scuff on the wall but then that exposes um a new Mm -hmm. scuff on the wall and before you know it they've like rearranged their entire house they've pushed the refrigerator they're pushing the refrigerator into the living room to cover up a big thing and finally what we see the tableau that they've created is a just absolutely (laughs) bonkers living room scape of 
just everything they own kind of piled up around the walls to hide because they all don't, the... they don't want one unseemly scuff. One, or, yeah, yeah, they don't want any scuffs to show. And so they've made their home look just absolutely, you know, monstrous. Um, and then they have their guests come over. We hear the doorbell ring. And then in the sort of coda, they decide to paint the house. And then they have guests back uh, in, now, yeah. in what is now a very nice and pleasant space. They'll be here in five. We ready? There's a... Oh. We'll just put books here, and that looks. I fine. should mention this. Um, whoa, 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 Andrew! Stop the tape! Stop the tape! Um, the house is much nicer than I pictured, too. It's kind of like it looks like they have sort of a kind of a kind of modern sensibility. I pictured it being more cluttered for some reason. I well, don't it will why. be by the end. They, okay. <laughs> the, their house is their house is pleasant, and I think you know there. It's a middle. It's a pleasant middle class looking home. Here in five. We ready? There's a. Oh. We'll just put books here, and that looks fine. That's bad. There we go. Ooh, that's no good. I can just go. Yeah. Like, can you do that the whole day? That works. I can't Not stop. I can't stop. I don't have. I don't have. <laughs> I can't Left. stop. Perfect. We should have used Bear. Yeah. Today, let's paint, spray, and stain with Bear, America's most trusted paint brand. Was the fridge here before? Yes. No. <laughs> That's pretty funny. You know, there's one quick shot in there where he also like kind of uses his arm to cover up like a a, a like a stain on a table, yeah. like a glass ring stain. And I was kind of like, but you're not painting your end tables but they do at the end show a shot of them actually touching up their furniture with the paint yeah too. i think that's actually quite clever is that mm -hmm. they use it as a multi-use case scenario so they show the staining of tables that have been damaged from water marks um or painting over things that you know have have gotten dingy over over time so it's not just about painting your walls which is something i never think of i mean i know mm. you know i think to stain furniture sometimes but i I rarely see a paint a paint brand advertising itself as anything but wall paint. Yeah, and I don't think of painting furniture either. It just like you say, usually. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I guess they're really just or not YouTube, but like I watch a lot of Instagram videos, which are just repurposed TikToks. Mm -hmm. I assume. Um, I kind of got like sucked into this world of like I think mostly Christian moms who flip furniture. And they go and either find for free or buy for very little money, um, like mid-century furniture that they then sand down, bondo the shit out of, and then paint. But paint. With though. paint, yeah. yeah. And usually I'm like, eh, I don't really like the painted furniture. And I wouldn't paint something that I could reasonably restore and I, that I could restore mm -hmm. as wood. But some of these pieces are like, they're so chewed up that they're going to have to put Bondo on them anyway. And if you're going to put Bondo on furniture, like you pretty much have to paint I it. was going to say it's the Bondo thing, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't stain Bondo. Not really, no. I mean, I'm going to be, I, I am going to be using Bondo on a piece of furniture that I am refinishing. And it's just going to be, I mean, I'll, I'll stain it to the degree that I can, but the fact is it will look different. Isn't the is it in like a hidden corner? Kind of. It's on the foot. Mm. I'm really just doing it as a project to learn about some techniques. So it's like We can move some furniture around. We're just to gonna hide move it. some furniture around <laughs> to hide it, exactly. It look I don't even know how to say the name. Is it OXO? This company? It's a home brand, right? A home like kind of kitchenware company Com OXO, or am very, I confusing you it? You are confusing uh -oh. it, understandably. The American OXO is um is kitchen stuff and it's very it, it's very recognizable because it for i don't know if it still has this but for years it would have like these black handles with kind of a f like a 
frill of of rubber, black rubber on it that made it easier to grip. They're called OXO Good Grip. Uh, yeah, brand. right. That's right. It's got the kind of grip. But yeah. that's the American OXO. In Great Britain, it's OXO soup. It's like um, who makes like bouillon cubes. Oh, okay. Sure. It's like soup. It's like concentrated soup. Okay. So in this one, same premise. Um, you've got a family. And this family does look like they live in a pretty... Well-worn house. Well-worn house. They got a lot of kids, a lot of school-age kids. They're kind of piled up onto their sofa. And then the kids remind the parents that they have dinner guests coming over. And so everybody springs into action. Oh, Jen rang. She said they'd be around for seven. Do you need me to translate this, by the way? <laughs> so they're watching TV. It sounds like they're watching a soccer match. I'm sorry, a football match. Yes. Which is why it sort of has that weird tinny sound. And the kid says, somebody says they're coming over at 7. Jan rang. She says they're coming around at 7. Oh, Jan rang. She said they'd be around for 7. What are you telling me? Just did. Who's Jan? You know, Jan. Jan. For a deep, rich flavor. He grabs an OXO Top soup. Uh, like it looks like a what? What are those coffee pods? Yeah, it does like a look. A, it looks a little Keurig-y and it says like chicken stock on it or yeah, something. but it's like a gloopy. You know, it's a gelatinized uh, concentrate of soup, and they, he dumps it into a, a sauce pot with some other stuff. Nice pot, nice sauce pot. It does look nice. Everybody else is running around cleaning up. That was delicious. Seconds, anyone? Saving myself for dessert. There isn't any. They forgot you were coming. Oh, the kids ratted them out. <sighs> so close to getting away with it. In case you couldn't hear what the kids said, uh, one of them says there isn't any dessert. And, and the, the other, other one, one says they forgot you were coming. That's right. And then there's a very awkward silence. And, and I'm pretty sure the guy who's the neighbor in that, uh, mm-hmm. or, or the, the house guest, I guess, um, is somebody... That I've seen in some mm. kind of British sitcom or something. Mm. I mean, I think he's popped up here and there. Maybe he was one of the punks in Train Spotting. Oh, that's Irish, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I just thought it would be sort of funny if just like somebody who's in this. Is it Irish or Scottish? Is it Scottish? I think it's famously Scottish. Scottish, okay. Famously Scottish. Um, I uh, just thought it would be funny if somebody who played like, you know, just a complete gutter punk in that edgy <laughs> movie from the 90s is now playing the most bland middle-aged guy <laughs> who loves having soup uh, as, when he's a dinner guest somewhere. Um, I do like soup a great deal. Right. I've been eating almost a can of Campbell's soup almost Maybe not every day, but at least like three days a week. Really? I, like, I didn't know we were going through soup at such a clip. Yeah. I, I buy I buy four cans of Campbell's soup. I always like have it on the grocery list. I try to keep four in the cupboard. And it's got to be killing me. Like all that salt is probably not great for me. But my lunch, if I'm not picking up takeout for lunch, I'm almost always making a half of a sandwich, just like a simple like turkey sandwich with lettuce, half of a sandwich, mm-hmm. and, a, um, and a can of Campbell's soup. And my, my life hack here, when I say life hack, I mean it's going to kill me, is in you know how it comes in a condensed can, you're supposed to add another can of water to it? Mm-hmm. Instead of adding water, I'm adding uh, my homemade stock. To oh, it. yeah, I was going to say, because I usually add, if it's like a creamy soup like tomato, I'll do either... I'll I'll make some of that add in milk. Oh yeah, they say for the creamy ones. Yeah. I'm not a big creamy soup right, kind of guy. Right, but you add you add the stock. Yeah, that must I add be, stock. It must be salty as hell. It's well, I don't salt my stock. No, yeah. you know because they always say that. 
you know, you can always salt stuff later. Right. So if you're making stock, it should be pretty basic. I don't put any garlic in the stock. I just put, you know, some very basic spices. And now we're just talking about me making stock, which I love to do. But yeah, then our freezer just fills up with stock after I do a big yeah. stock making session. So I've been trying to kind of I've been trying to keep the the stock levels appropriate yeah. by I also mean, using it a lot. Stock has a lot of like there's a lot of water in stock. Like it's not yeah. it's not crazy to think of adding that to it. Yeah. It's just chicken. rich. It's just I'm nice. I'm sure it's yeah. very rich, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, point is I'm a big soup guy. Yeah. Having said that, dinner party, do guests want soup as the main course? Not as the main course, unless it's like a very special kind of yeah. you know, like a like a fancy soup with seafood or something in it yeah like a gumbo like or a gumbo something or yeah what's the yeah like i yeah i would i would definitely not serve soup unless it was an extremely hearty type of soup with a lot yeah. of a lot of uh like main dish kind of ingredients in it i mean a starter soup sure absolutely yeah what's that line from um oh Gosh darn it. I was just telling you about this the other day. I mean, it's just, you know, Kenny Banya from Seinfeld. Soup is not a meal. <laughs> no, that, you're right. I was going to say, the what is the, the private lives of the bourgeoisie? What is that? Um the discreet charms of the, the bourgeoisie. Discre- I knew I, I knew I had that really wrong. They're having well, that whole movie is based on sort of surreal dinner parties, uh, and in one of them, the host is saying, "I almost didn't make the soup, but then I thought, is it a meal without soup?" And I'm just like, <laughs> "Tattoo it on me, tattoo it on me." Absolutely, you make like for uh, Thanksgiving like a good. Um, like butternut squash soup or is it pumpkin soup? Butternut squash. Butternut squash. Yeah, it's one of yeah. my favorites. Any kind of those, um, what do you call them? And also you a made puree. A, a puree. You're good at the purees. I love a pureed soup. Yeah. If I, I mean, I love a creamy soup, but if you're going to eat, if I'm going to eat a soup that's more like on, on the healthy side, mm-hmm. I am not huge, not that I would never eat it, but I'm generally not huge on like, a broth-based soup with stuff floating in it. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I don't mean to say that, like, I don't, like, I would refuse to eat it or, or you know, stuff, but you never, you rarely see me order that. That is true. Like, you'd get an onion soup, but that's not, exa- I mean, yeah, it's... That's different. But, it, but that's very different, I'm, too. It's not a chicken noodle. It's not 100% a, there for the cheese and bread. Right, and also, but even that is, st- is still, even the consistency of the soup is not what you're talking about, which is, like, getting a minestrone yeah. or a chicken noodle or... Or something with rice in Where it and things carrots. floating yeah, in it. Yeah, exactly. Which I like it to either be a creamy soup, um, you know, a cream of broccoli or something, or I like a puree. If it's going to have vegetables and stuff in it, I want to, I want like a, I, there was a carrot soup that we had in Portland that yeah, was I like, know. I carrot was, ginger soup. I that talk, carrot ginger soup was so good. We talk about that soup a it lot. It sounded man. so gross to me on the menu. And I think it was because I was picturing. Oh, like, you, and you're not a huge carrot person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge carrot person. I think I was picturing like a bowl of broth with pieces of carrot and stuff floating <laughs> around in it. And that sounded awful. Uh, and then it wasn't that, it was a puree. It was a puree. And it was so good. It so, yeah, I, if, I love a pureed. That is how I prefer to uh, consume my vegetables in a soup. All right. Good stuff. Um, now, I see that Mike has another question. I'm sorry, another um, entry here on the show sheet. Superstar Car Wash. I don't think I'm familiar with the brand. Yeah, it's a... Um, this one is more like... Uh, it's it's less about people coming over for for uh, an unexpected visit, but uh, a guy is is has just been out fishing. Um, he's the car is completely just 
covered in mud. Oh yeah, we see him parking in his garage at the end of yeah. the day or whatever, and he's he's covered in mud and waders. Yes, he. I mean, it's been a long and very dirty day, and as he's pulling in, his uh, presumably partner says. Uh, are you picking my parents? Remember that you're picking my parents up at the airport. Oh, so he's got to get I himself like, clean. Yes. He jumps in the shower with the fish that he's brought. Oh, he's yeah. just like completely going bonkers trying to clean himself up. And then what's the fastest way to get his car clean? Superstar car wash. I like that Mike so included of, this as a yes. as part of the genre. The house, that the, the car is, the, is like the entryway to the house. I love it. He just got home, got a text. Can you still pick up my parents? So he's flipping through, looking for where he can get his car wash. Now he's going through the car wash. It's, I love. I just took my car to the car wash. Yeah. And I love that feeling of going through and getting all the rainbow soap on it. Sign up, drive up, wash and go. Unlimited washes without. And so there's there's no um there's no actual dialogue, uh, but everybody's very happy and pleased with him, and he's yeah. got a nice little clean car smell. Uh, air freshener hanging from the rear view mirror yes i would say that would that's probably almost more important given that he had fish in the car though i assume yeah that's in, a, in a good cooler. that's a re- oh you know what that's the air freshener i didn't even really make the connection to the fish smell i just thought like that's the cherry on top of yeah. a car wash i mean let's hope he had it in a cooler but still I mean, he took the fish into the shower with him. Is yeah. he a guy who's always going to be putting things in coolers? His judgment is suspect. All right. <laughs> fair. He's obviously uh, not good at calendaring. That's definitely true. Um, and now we have another car-related commercial, this one from Buick. This is for what happens in this one? I've forgotten. I feel like I watched this today when I was looking to do a little. Yeah, she looks down at her like her e-watch like her apple watch or whatever and it says dinner with the drakes oh and right clear, like this woman is like kind of in the office right and and she's totally apparently forgot that she's got dinner tonight so i think she has to run around town and maybe pick up a bunch of food to prepare is that's that what right happens? i have to admit i did not watch this one i thought i'd seen them all but i think i skipped over this one i and it's funny because i coincidentally landed on this one um <laughs> when i was looking around my... to add some of my own let's take a listen Dinner with the Drakes tonight. Alexa, ask me what to start my Encore GX. Now that's interesting. So it definitely okay. Couple of things here. She says the A word, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to say here because I don't want everybody's devices going off. But it looked to me like an Apple Watch, but maybe it's an Amazon version of that because I thought it's interesting that a Buick commercial would use another specific brand identifier yeah that's really strange and also i don't want to tell this lady how to save time but she's inside her office building is the thing that's slowing her down did she tell the car to start right yeah what is like her car's just sitting in the parking lot of her office just like just idling for no reason like of all the things that your smart speaker can do like, if it was cold out, yeah, I'd get that. Yeah, my dad had one of those doohickeys. Yeah, like warm up the car. Way in the 90s and the growing, growing up in Cleveland, he'd get the car warmed up. Yeah, but that doesn't there. appear to be the issue here. She's just like, I'm going to run. I'm going to say, like, <laughs> watch, open the window, and then she's going to, like, dive into yeah, the window. Yeah, she's like, going to dukes a hazard her way into that car. Dukes her hazard in her way to her car. Like, that seems like not a time saver, honestly. I wonder, so... But am I missing something? Because I don't know how this ends. I don't remember. And I'm, I'm also very confused. Like, if you have 
an eye watch. They call them eye watches? I don't know. Whatever. Would you say the A word to it or does it have a different trigger? I literally could not tell you. I have no idea. Like we don't have any we don't have any smart devices. Well, my phone will if I say if I say okay cool, my phone thinks I'm saying okay Google. Okay, but we don't have any out. devices that I guess our phones are just like Like in built the car right I'm now. always yelling at it. I'm yeah. like open open up Spotify. Play bad. I'm company. sorry, I don't know how to do that. Of yes. course you don't. <laughs> I know. Often it does say that. I'm just like, what is you? What is the point of having you? I was okay. This seems pretty basic. <laughs> I was in the car the other day on Saturday morning. I told you we were. Um, we had to uh, look after our friend's cat for a few days, right? Right. And so Saturday, I had a totally free day. I was very excited about it. Remember how excited I was? Like, I have nothing on my calendar. I said, I'm going to go stop at Burger King, which is something I rarely do, but it's like a little treat when I do. I'm going to get myself some takeout fast food. I'm going to go feed the cat, and I'm going to go hang out with the cat for a bit, maybe do some work over there on my laptop. And as I'm driving up Aurora towards the Burger King, it occurs to me, I don't really know what comes on a Whopper. I've always, I, when I was younger, I'd always order it with just ketchup and pickle. Mm-hmm. But then I get older and I'm like, well, I want onions on there and I want mustard on there. And then I'm like, well, what, do I just want everything that's on there? Right. I'm what not is, sure. What is the Whopper in its natural state? So I said, you know, hey, Google. And it's like, yeah, what can I help you with? And I'm like, I'm trying to kind of mumble so I'm not triggering everybody's Google devices. Um, and I'm like, hey, what comes standard on a Whopper? Nothing. Just like, That's I'm sorry, I can't help you with question. that. And I'm like, I reword it like three different times, and I'm yelling, what comes standard <laughs> on a Whopper? Speak of the English. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> xenophobic on it for some reason. Um, and it's just like, it's absolutely no help. And then when I get to a stoplight, I should admit to doing this, I just, instead of like talking through the car speaker, I unhooked the phone. I held it up to my, you know, I hit the little button. I held it up to my mouth. I said, what comes standard on a Whopper? And it found like a bunch of Google results immediately that I had to read instead of it translating for me. I do not understand it. Yeah. I wonder if it's if like the car is too stupid to to really know how to Google things. Maybe our car's a vegetarian. And it's like, I'm not going to help you. should have asked about an impossible Whopper. That would have been the test. Anyway, we have a young professional woman. She's in the office near the the elevator. She realizes that she is. Young is. uh, Oh, okay. Middle aged. She's middle aged. Um, And she realizes she has a dinner with Drake, which that would be exciting. (laughs) Um, And so now she needs to use her smart watch and her Buick to save the day. Dinner with the Drakes tonight? Alexa, ask Buick to start my Encore GX. So, yeah, she's just like, so, so far, the big thing is she was able to get her car started before she was in there. So she saved herself 0.5 seconds by not turning a key. And then, or more likely, pressing a button, which is how cars start. Right. And then we just see her in some fancy, like, shop. It looks like maybe picking out fish or something, getting some fillets. She's got some salmon. You know, this dinner's for their kids. Thanks for watching them. Plans of pizza. The first ever Buick Encore GX. Oh. Buick Sign and Drive is back. 
Current eligible. Lesbians. This is also you a know, problem with calendaring. Yes. Okay. Nobody in this. This what this, the low key theme of this episode is. People are not good at calendaring. The Drakes were dropping off their children. But it's not. But why would you why have would it on you your calendar? Dinner, dinner with, with the, the Drakes. You'd be you like babysit the brats. Not the brats. I know, but you I'm would just, just say ba- like, they seem like when I watch kids. my friends' kids, You're not I like don't dinner say dinner with the Drakes. Dinner with the friends. You say babysitting the kids. Come on. That is irritating on a bunch of different levels. She starts her car, lets it idle in the parking lot for 10 minutes. So the whole premise Can't is... remember. And then when she's reminded that she has this, she seems like she like it triggers her like to remember like, oh, right. But clearly she has right. no idea what's happening. I, that, I accepted this invite during the stroke. Right. Well, I will say I went through a period of a couple, I don't know, like a few weeks ago, really, maybe like a month ago, where I... I was doing a lot of things like that where I would just like I totally spaced on a few things and I'm like I like it was when I bought those tickets for way too much money because I'm an idiot yeah, yeah, right. and I just like like three or four days in a row I did what just felt like the stupidest thing like where also I was, something similar with the tickets is like you took the first result you were looking for a FedEx in the neighborhood but yes. UPS was advertising the top line and you're just like oh you just saw it as FedEx in the neighborhood, but you went to a UPS store. But I went store. to a UPS store, yeah. So I kind of get it. Like, sometimes you just go through a period where, like, you're not firing on all cylinders. I don't know what's going You know, if my electrolyte balance was off or what, but my brain was not working good. And so I feel you, lady. Your brain is not working good. But come on. But, okay, but... Hey, ad wizard. Yeah, hey, Can ad I wizards. talk to the ad wizard? So the Buick, this is a the car, car commercial. Whose brain not work you good? Bar- you barely see the car at all. Yeah. And the one, <laughs> the one kind of thing that they're advertising is you can clearly. So that's the deal. By the way, they use the a word there specifically because that is the right. feature of the car. So it must be tied in. It must be but something what a with Amazon. Use case. And it's just kind of like I forgot dinner. Well, then the car better be running when I get there. <laughs> Like, that is the worst goddamn right. premise in the world. And then also, again, like, dinner with the Drakes instead of, hey, we're watching the kids. I mean, the car, the, no, being able to talk to the car from her office building didn't solve one damn thing. And at the end, she hadn't even solved the problem that she did have, which yeah. was that she had to feed some kids. And then she got a bunch of expensive food that the kids don't want. Um, we're always mad at Buick. Buick is they're just so like, bad. The, they just have they no idea what, what they're, they're doing. doing with the commercials. Remember the whole commercial? And I hate when... that. I hate their sound, their music. Oh, I didn't really notice. That. Oh, the deep, deep, deep. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I guess it's effective in the sense that I can tell you that that's the Buick uh, sound. Mm-hmm. But it maybe because I never like their commercials and their cars don't look good to me. Um, it just makes me think like. I just have a negative association with that sound. Well, didn't Buick go away for a while? Then it came back like 15, 20 years ago or something. They had that whole campaign about like... Not your father's Buick. But it didn't make sense. No, no, no not your father's Buick. I think that was in the oh, 90s. No, that was original. It was that like... That was Oldsmobile. No, my mom... Right? Oh, Did I miss... Yeah, I think I misspoke. Not your father... Yeah, maybe... I don't I don't know. It was Buick or Oldsmobile, but that was in the 90s. This one was this weird convoluted thing where it's kind of like, no, it's not that one. My car's the Buick. And it was unclear. Like, people were like, oh, I thought you drove a nice car. No, I drive a Buick. <laughs> like, wait, what? No, it what is are a you nice saying? Oh, here comes my mom. What? No, it's not that one. It's the Buick. And I'm still unclear as to what our takeaway from that shit was I supposed to be. I think it was... Okay, you're right. They were terrible. It was, for one thing, I couldn't tell looking at, like... No, it's not this car. It's that car. Like, well, what was, why, what was, what was wrong with one versus the yeah. other? 
And I think, but I think the premise was you're supposed to see the car that they mistook. Or when they tell them it's their Buick, they can't believe that that's a Buick because it's so nice looking. But yeah, of course, and Buicks are supposed to. But Buicks, I never thought of Buicks as being dumpy before well, that's that. Well, the thing. It's like it's assuming all this prior uh, brand perception about Buicks, which I assume is them trying to lean on their market research. And I probably would have said, you know, if you asked me, like, is a Buick a good looking car? I would have said, like, no, it's like pretty yeah. middle of the road, like very generic. Um, I always liked them. My dad had a Park Avenue. Remember we were talking about that? Yeah, one we talked about that. We did a whole show about what's, can you tell what a Buick is? Um, or, you know, like I give you fake Buick. Oh, that's right. That's what started it, I yeah. think. Yeah. But I have to say, like I, like, I don't have anything in my head about what a Buick's brand identity is other than kind of like generic American car, mm-hmm. the dad car, you know? Yeah, it is a dad car. And so I understand that they were trying to counteract that, but they did it in the most like awkward and illegible way possible. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Park Avenue. Oh my god! And look at just... those things. They're just they they are like they, they all look like cars out of a out of a Simpsons cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it was just like car. The first one that I, the first page I landed on just made me feel like I was in an episode of Seinfeld. Just like these are the cars you'd see down the street in yep, Seinfeld. These are cars. No no branding needed. They can be identified as cars. I was specifically looking at the 1992 Park Avenue. Anyway, um, okay, we have one more on Mike's list before I'm going to throw a couple of my own uh, at you here. Uh, this one is an IKEA ad. Did you watch this one? Because I definitely didn't. I did. In fact, right. IKEA has a few different ads. Um, all of what, none of which have any dialogue. So I didn't include any more of them. This also, this one has dialogue, but it's in Korean. So we'll definitely have to like explain it. Um, but it is, as Mike says, um, it's, it's an absolute favorite. He says, I laugh every time I watch it and you don't really need to understand what they're saying to get it. That's mostly true. There's Mm. one joke at the end that I am a little fuzzy on what the actual joke is. But we open in a um, what I assume to be an apartment um, of a young couple. They have a tiny baby. The dad's wearing the baby in like a one of those like Bjorn. It's like a Bjorn, but it's like one where the legs and arms can oh, flop yeah. free. Yeah, the front frontwards baby backpack is what I call frontwards it. frontwards baby backpack. It's mm-hmm. like it's right there. It's yeah. all in the name. Mm-hmm. Um, they get uh, they hear like a little buzz or a ding dong or something, and they look up and they're they're living in their like somewhat cramped apartment. And they're kind of, you know, surrounded by Cheerios and like the detritus of baby life, mm-hmm. right? They look at the little um, the little video monitor that shows who's ringing their doorbell down at the bottom of the apartment building. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just walk you through this whole thing because it's not going to make any sense audio-wise. They see that the mom and dad, one of, one of set of their parents are there in the little video screen. They kind of freak out like, oh my God, we've got like five minutes to get ready. Or we've got one minute to get ready. So while the wife starts trying to like sort of uh, deal with the apartment, clean up and cook some food very quickly. um, And she uses all of her Ikea furniture and stuff to like store toys really Mm -hmm. quickly. And I'm not sure if the food is also Ikea, but wouldn't surprise me. The husband with the baby strapped to him runs to the elevator bank. And there are two guys in it who are getting ready to go down to the um, like the very first floor from up high and instead the husband runs his hand down and lights up every so they have to stop on every floor he touches every button on the elevator to slow down the elevator so that it'll take longer for it to get down there to pick up the parents oh i see 
Um, so then they finally, the parents get up there. Or the two guys beat him and his baby up? Eventually, they have a chance to, to do turnabout when the parents are leaving later. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they're eating some dinner. Oh, no, someone's here. It's the parents. Okay, so she's cooking. He's running outside. He says, hold the elevator. Very and, adorable baby strapped to him. And he looks at them, and they give him the mean look, and then he lights up all the numbers. I see. So he's not taking it down with these he's guys. Trying he's to just slow slowing down the process. them. Yeah, I see. So now the parents are like waiting for this long elevator. Finally arrives. They get in the elevator. They're headed up. Dinner's looking good. They walk in. Dinner's just coming out of the microwave. She's cleaning up frantically, using the furniture to put things away. And now there's a third person with them wearing a bike helmet, which I take to be maybe one of their brothers. I'm not sure. Yeah. But what it's some joke is that they didn't know that this third person was going to be there. I see. But oh, the turnabout is just so. But the guy. Oh, here we go. So now there's a little button at the end. So it's the end of the dinner party. Yeah, I'm very confused. Maybe uh, if we spoke the language, we would know. Like maybe he identifies himself as being with them because we don't see him arrive with the parents down in the lobby. But then suddenly there's this younger man wearing a bike helmet inside the house. If anyone speaks Korean and can solve this for us, it'll be on the uh, in the show notes. I see. So then they've made the pitch, whatever it is. Now it looks like dinner's over and the parents are getting ready to leave the apartment building again and are they getting into the elevator here maybe oh here comes the guys he screwed over earlier and they (laughs) they do the same thing to the parents and then they give a polite bow to the mother and father who are like very baffled at why they would do this to them and then they have to wait or go down and hit every single floor so those guys (laughs) were waiting like they were they're they're lying in ways so really, though, I mean, that's one of those things where revenge is just like it's like it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Right. Like they blew their entire this family had a dinner together. They uh, they probably played board games afterwards, whatever. Maybe know, they took turns standing do. guard. Yeah. And then, then these two guys, they're just like they're going to blow their whole evening just guarding the elevator. I think for how revenge. mad you would be if somebody did that to you, though, and you didn't have any explanation for why. If like someone pulled, mm-hmm. you were getting in the elevator, you're about to go down 50 floors and somebody kind of wild eyed runs up, sticks his hand in the elevator and lights up every floor. Yeah. And then runs away. Yeah. I thought he was going to be on the elevator with these guys like. He's going to go get them. He's going to go retrieve the parents from downstairs, but it's going to take him all a long time. But no, that's very psychotic just to like yes. do that and then run away. I agree. Um, I want to tag Mike's well-produced show yes, with a couple you, more. Yeah, thanks again. Um, and we'll hear from Mike again in, in a little bit. Um, it's Mike's world. We just live in it. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't think of anything but this ad when I heard Mike's premise. I guess it's a little bit different because it's not like the whole family didn't know that they were having visitors, but this is a quick 15-second ad for Snickers, um, but it doesn't even really have to be for Snickers. It's one of those where at the end they're just like, you're not yourself if you haven't had a Snickers. Yeah, so. now that's, that's a, show, or a show. That is a product that figured out a fun, jokey premise that could be slot, lots of jokes could be slotted mm-hmm. into that works, and they do such a great job with the visuals on it that it just absolutely... Um, so many of them have been absolute winners. Not a hundred percent. Yeah, some of them. Then they they sort of lost the plot after a while. It'd be like, 
oh, you we think you're Roseanne Barr, like a cranky famous person, then you eat a bite of a Snickers and it turns out you were just being cranky, but you're just a norm. But like I remember like a normal person, but I feel like it'd be funny if it wasn't a norm. Cheers. Yeah, that's what. Um, Just like an easygoing guy. I just remember they had one. I mean, this is really dating me, but I remember they had one with Johnny Manziel, and it didn't make sense. He didn't turn anybody else because they just wanted him to be Johnny Manziel, and it was like the star power started to cloud the writing on that campaign. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I don't think they all worked equally well, but I think that pretty much structurally, it was a good joke structure, and that they didn't. uh, They they tend to do a good job. With the visual punchline afterwards, unlike uh, Allstate, where yeah, it's like what? Uh, or no, it's Jake from State Farm. Oh, was I saying Allstate? I think we before? said Allstate. So it's Jeez Louise. Jake from State Farm. Uh, Allstate has mayhem, which is the best. Well, then who has the? Oh, Farmers has JK the guy from Simmons. Whiplash. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I think that Snickers does a great job with this like recurring premise. Um, have we already set this one up? No, this is the one. It's, it's a quickie, too. It's only 15 seconds, so we'll set the whole thing up in advance. We see that there's a woman outside on a very nice, like, kind of a nicely appointed uh, kind of deck area with a big grill and a... I'm just obsessed with it. They have like yeah, a whole a bar great, area great outside. Patio. Yeah, great, great patio. And um, we see that, you know, there's a homeowner there and she's got two guests who are already sitting on the little outdoor uh, loungy couch area. And she's calling to her husband to say that the party has started. Keep in mind, this came out two years ago. So kind of like really kind of the middle of the pandemic where we're a adopting we as a society are adopting to new things like oh it's very standard just to get together on zoom and in fact this one is called first visitors because this is right on the cusp of having real life people over to our homes again it's so good to see you guys han out here and then who comes out but her husband, who barely glances in their direction, and you love his physicality too. He I love, is, and I mean, props to the wardrobe. Yes, he's master wearing a, a he's, person on this. He's putting on. He's kind of like buttoning the final buttons on a nice button-up shirt, but he's totally Winnie the Poohing it. I mean, he's got tidy whiteies on, yes. and then just white socks, and he just walks out in front of the oh in God. front of the guests and grabs a couple of glasses. It has to be think- tidy whiteies. Because boxers is so much; it's like exponentially less embarrassing yeah. to come out in boxers. This is this, this is, is, funny. is so humiliating, and they're not even these aren't these aren't like kind of good looking briefs or something. They're just like they're just dad underwear. They're just dad underwear. Yeah. So good to see you guys, Han out here. Are we on yet? Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought we we're doing a Zoom thing. Confused? No. Maybe you just need a Snickers. <laughs> the acting of all of the the, the two women, <laughs> honestly, the way the oh. the way the woman, oh. all she, the only line she gets is "oh," but her the guest the guest the oh. way she kind of gasps it out and and it clearly like tries to make her eyes like anywhere else is so good. They get the best lines out of all these people. Yeah. A 15 second commercial, one line, like one Basically, word lines. Yeah. And when he says, I'm going to play it again. When he says, I thought we were doing a Zoom thing. Like, I don't know how they make it seem so long too. Like this commercial goes by <laughs> it, so quickly, but like it, he's endless. standing there in his underwear. Like somehow this like, and, and this is very much showing a, in the back. <laughs> 
this is a very much a me thing. He's like not making eye contact. He's in his own world. He's like kind of grabbing a couple of cocktail glasses because he thinks he's going to be firing up the Zoom. And when he says, I thought we're doing a Zoom thing, his voice almost breaks a little bit. And he listen. I thought we we're doing a Zoom thing. <laughs> it's so good. And, and so is her response. Fused? No. Maybe you just need no, some. just a one word. No, man, that is a great goddamn. That is Ugh. just. I'm always, I've always been sad that they didn't. I know they don't tend to do. Snickers doesn't tend to do like serialized uh, uh, commercials with individual. Oh, like bring the people back. I know. But my God, I'd love to know what they're up to right now. Maybe uh, I can do some background on these actors, and then we can run into them at a bar sometime, <laughs> and I can go totally. <laughs> we Stalker mode on them. Oh my God. I think about that time. I embarrassed myself in front of that actor. Um, Okay, this next one, I'm sort of pooping on Mike's premise here. My apologies. I wasn't sticking to it closely enough, but this is a brand new commercial. This was just posted a couple of weeks ago. And I think it's interesting because it's the beginning of a new campaign, Genevieve. This is the Geico commercial or the Geico campaign uh, starring the Gecko. Yep. I don't usually like those. I think the Gecko is highly overrated. Or maybe I don't know what people think of it. Somebody at Geico. Someone's the rating world of the Geico, it. the Gecko highly, yeah. Um, but anyway, we see that there's a nice dinner party going on. Again, a I'm very... loyal to the Kelsey Grammer guy. Ge- <laughs> I know you are. I think he had to do that as public service <laughs> after a DUI. Probably. Um anyway. Now he just spends all this time at Mar-a-Lago. Anyway, uh, this is a very nice apartment or home where these people, a very modern-looking kind of home, uh, where somebody's having a, a nice-looking dinner party. Look at that lamp fixture. I do like that. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, and then we see uh, the gecko is on the table, and he's talking to the host of the party. And the gecko, he's holding like one of those little mini pickles just as like a prop. It doesn't really come into play. Uh, and the host is like, oh, there's somebody here I want you to meet. And Genevieve, I don't think I've given away who the gecko is about to meet, but it's somebody who we both love and I think is going to be part of this new campaign under a new um, a new creative agency who's taking over this Geico campaign. Your house is lovely. Thank you. I need to introduce you to someone. He was telling me how Geico makes it easy to save on homeowners insurance, so I was thinking... <laughs> well... Hello, old friend. So you have met. Years ago, we both had big dreams about saving people money on their homeowners insurance. Yeah, just look at us now. Your house is lovely. Yeah, I just said that. Okay, nobody heard you. <laughs> okay. <sighs> I did hear you. He's so great. I was so charmed when I saw him walk on the screen. That's fantastic. And for and called, I've never seen that one. It's it's brand new. Oh, and yes, I think said, it's going to okay. be a whole campaign with these two who are getting on each other's nerves. Oh, I like. So that. they're bringing. Yeah. Uh, I should say that's Will Arnett. For those who didn't recognize that very recognizable voice, I was watching the baseball game yesterday, Genevieve. The um, the Mariners were playing the A's and. For some reason, my my feed switched to the Oakland feed at one point, so mm-hmm. I wasn't hearing my local announcers. And that was really interesting because I got to see some – oh, I wrote a note down. I'll see if I can track it down. There was one for, like, the the Sacramento airport that I thought was bononkers that I want to <laughs> play for you. Uh, but I guess this – I guess all of that is – not relevant because I guess it's a national campaign, but you know that Will Arnett also does the voice for some sort of truck, right? Is it Ram yeah. trucks or something? Yeah, I don't remember, but I, he's the he's got a lot of voicing. He does Reese's. He does. Yeah, that's um, right. I hate his Reese's. Truck. reads. It's not his fault, but the yeah. not sorry. I kind of I just hate that 
whatever, I hate that campaign. Um, but, you know, when he's doing the trucks, he lowers his voice like this. It is getting so extreme. Really? I should have looked for this. Let me just go to iSpot and see if I can find the latest Will Arnett truck spot. It is, it is like... It sounds like a joke. Yeah, it's like, you, you know, let Sam Elliott be Sam Elliott. Yes. I, I You know, I don't I don't know if he, what the brand is, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to. Oh, here. Is it this one here? GMC, maybe? Let's see if he does a really, really low voice on this. The new 2023 GMC Sierra AT4X yeah. is equipped to conquer the great outdoors or the great indoors. Welcome to the peak, the premium off-roading. I don't even know if that's the one. I swear the one I heard. It is he was pretty even, gravelly, he though. He was shifting it down even yeah. more, like where you doing a character. I wonder if any of that's happening in pro- post-production also. You know? oh, that, I mean, it could be somebody it dialing, dialing it down yeah. artificially. Okay, uh, this last commercial is that I'll play for you uh, is very much... Uh, on point with Mike's premise. It's for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Ah, remember the days before it was called KFC? Fondly. When we could fry our food without right. the woke mob yelling at us? <laughs> yes. Oh, I miss the days when KFC would fry their food. This, I am, by the way. Now it's just health food. We talked about soup for 20 minutes earlier. Sure. I am so hungry, and I was thinking about soup. This commercial from 1965, I'm sorry, 1969, shows uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I just want to eat my computer. I don't even know if I can watch <laughs> this again. I told you, I think, on the show when I was setting this up earlier, that um, this commercial is so 1969 stereotypy that I felt like I was being, like, had by the internet it almost felt it almost feels like a Ren and Stimpy everybody is so exaggerated yeah but based on the description of it I think it's a real commercial it's a full one minute long commercial uh long narrative arc but it begins with we just see like again a very 1960s I'm gonna use the term housewife because you know that's kind of what she's made up to be that trope and we see her teenage daughter say oh uh hey look who's coming over for dinner and it's like her teen boyfriend or some friend or something like that and they the mom realizes she doesn't have enough food for a guest hi i uh, invited robert for dinner okay oh i'm wrong this, about a lot this, this is not guy. a teenage daughter this must be an adult daughter i'm guessing or a or like a friend or neighbor or, or something. a friend or neighbor. Like yeah. Kind of a Budinsky neighbor because she's an adult. She's yeah. not a teen at all. And then we just see we just see her standing in the doorway and with like the most geeky guy behind her. Right. I mean, both of these, both the woman who is coming over for dinner and the guy who is her date are like. He's almost literally doing the buck face. He's he's got this like sh- sort of shit eating grin on his face and he just looks like an, he, they're both very unappealing yeah he's giving like this very I would feeble say, wave feel free to say to both of these people um, kitchen's closed yeah see I can't tell if this woman is was part of the family so it's an extra one person or if it's two people and they're inviting themselves over for dinner anyway so far so good hi I uh, invited Robert for dinner <laughs> oh how nice he's kind of special mom oh so it is the mom, but it's just there that she's an adult daughter. Okay. Special. And I only have cold cuts. Well, why don't I just go and get some Kentucky fried chicken? Oh, good. 
Now, does this not seem like something out of Ren and Stimpy? Yes. That the the dad is not smoking a pipe, but he's got the big glasses on the and cardigan. The, the cardigan and the way they're talking, or like a Far Side cartoon. Now she's taking the chicken using tongs out of the Kentucky Fried Chicken classic bucket and uh, arranging them nicely on a platter. Spoiler alert, she's going to put this platter on the kitchen table or on the dining room table, and she's not going to tell people that she didn't make it herself. Told you my mom could cook. (laughs) Boy, Mrs. Rogers, wish my mom made chicken like this. (laughs) Oh, uh, well... Uh, it's, uh, it's an old family recipe. Eleven herbs and spices make Kentucky Fried Chicken so finger-licking good that some people forget to mention it's the Colonel's. Now, I should mention that I don't get why their daughter is so old and their son is so young, but now a little boy is going to come <laughs> running into the room. Ah, uh, little late-in-life baby. <laughs> he, uh, a miracle baby. <laughs> the little boy, for some reason, has not been eating at I the table the with I bet the boy is secretly the daughter's son, but he's been raised as her oh, brother, Larry Madman Larry style. Madman. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hey, I didn't know we were having Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> uh oh, jig is up. Womp, he's holding. Womp. He's holding the bucket, and of course, she's been lying. She's been lying, talking about how she, it's a fan, an old family recipe. Uh, Colonel, can I have another piece of your chicken, please? <laughs> oh, Dad. Dad saves the day. Dad saves the day by calling the kid Colonel, which I don't quite get I think he get says that. to the mother. He calls her the Colonel. Oh, I because see. Because she says it was her family oh. recipe. By the way, uh, the comments on this video are great. Like, somebody's arguing, uh, technically, it is an old recipe, an old family recipe, just not theirs. It's a like, good use of your time, YouTube commenters. <laughs> hey, you know what? Great job, everybody. But <laughs> All for real, around. I am so hungry. For that does look good. All right, everybody, time for a little with love from me to YouTube. I set this up, I think, in great detail at the beginning of the show. Oh, how about I just stop the music hard like that? That's great. Where's my production skills? Um, Mike, can we get Mike in the <laughs> Mike, please? Can Mike run the board for us? That would be great. <laughs> um uh, okay, so this is one of those commercials that I believe I labeled as, oh, so good last night. I don't know if that's overhyping it, but it is weird. Um, I was going to try to keep you from, did you see what it's actually for? No, okay, I've gotten rid of the notes so that you can't see it. It's a bunch of old black and white footage, okay? And at first I thought it was fake old footage, but I think it's real old footage, like really grainy. Now, keep in mind, this is also off of a shitty VHS tape, so it's even harder for us to see. It's all blown out. But it's like that fast-paced old black-and-white footage that seems like almost like 1918 or uh-huh. something along those lines. It's like where the frame rate's weird, so they yeah. look like they're all herky-jerky. Exactly, but it's baseball players, and specifically, one of them is clearly wearing a Red Sox uniform. I was wondering, if is this Babe Ruth? I mean, I can't tell. It's just a like a fuzzy black and yeah. white image of a baseball player. I'll show it to you, and it's like it's some baseball player wearing a Red Sox uniform who is showing a kid kind of how to play baseball. But then somebody, well, whoever whoever made this commercial, 
dubbed over this because clearly this film was before there was sound to go mm -hmm. along with it and so there's some guy in 1995 making sound effects oh my god and talking i think for the people in this video or in this movie in this film and i could not tell he's what doing like a riff track rick it was for <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not doing a riff track so much as like kind of like doing the voices. Oh, for he's the doing people bad lip it. reading. Kind of. <laughs> um, and then there's a joke at the end, and then you find out what it's for, which blows my mind. Take a listen to this. Okay, son, you take an even swing. Don't try to jerk the ball. Just try and hit through it. Now make sure you watch the ball all the way in. Relax and swing through that strike zone. Good hit, boy. Go, run it out. Run hard. Nice slide, you're looking fine. Dust yourself off, son. That's good. Now I'm gonna show you how to negotiate with an arbitrator. The Free Kingdom Youth Baseball and Softball Clinic, Saturday, March 4th at 1 p.m. <laughs> I don't understand what I just saw. I don't know. So the Kingdom is, you know, it was the, the place where the Mariners used to play here in Seattle. And so clearly this is a a commercial for a baseball and softball clinic for kids that is put on by, you know, the kingdom. The kingdom's no longer around. So, but you assume that the Mariners would be related in some way to that. Um, but there's no mention of the Mariners. But also, why do they why do they use footage of somebody in a Red Sox uniform? Well, obviously there wouldn't be Mariners footage. Sure. They didn't exist until 19 77 yeah, I want to say. Yeah, but why the, but why were they so committed to this conceit? And that's why I think maybe is this Babe Ruth and they found some old instructional video of him playing sock? with kid. Oh. Was, was yeah, he, famously. Wait, do I have this wrong? Famously, the curse of, of the Bambino is oh, because after he the got Red Sox cut traded the him. Socks. They traded right. him to New York and yeah. then they didn't win again for like 100 years, that's right? That's right. Yeah, so I I I thought of him as a Yankee because of course he like you know, was an incredible hitter for the Yankees. You had me worried there because... But you're right. That's what the Curse of the Bambino is about. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the, I just can't figure, like, so they got really old footage, and maybe they just, maybe it's not Babe Ruth, maybe it's not anybody famous. It's just, like, if they wanted, if they had this premise of taking really old footage and having somebody talk over I mean, it, it does, I'm looking at old, like, Babe Ruth in a Red Sox jersey, and, I mean, it's not, it, it, it could be him. Yeah, I mean, again, it was already bad footage, and now it's translated through a very bad. And is anybody underneath? VHS tape? Is anyone? Oh no, you. I was gonna say, is anyone commented on this? But you no, just because posted. I just posted it seconds ago. <laughs> this is another one where maybe somebody uh, can can jump in and let us know. This is posted now to the After These Messages podcast page on YouTube. You can look for it there, and we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. But then, of course, the joke at the end is I'm going to what does he say? I'm going to teach you about contracts like arbitration, Ar arbitration or, something, or something, yeah. something, kind of making a joke about like, you know, where baseball was in the 90s. I was going to say the modern day. But of course, this is old now. But where baseball was in the 90s compared to. That's good. Now I'm going to show you how to negotiate with an arbitrator. The Free Kingdom Youth Baseball and Softball. I, I feel like that's Saturday, not Babe Ruth. No, probably not. But you're right that it would make more sense of something that's kind of nonsensical it seems like maybe also just something that someone had like some fun had they like had yeah we're overthinking it some time yeah i mean the last time i said that i was so wrong but um i just can't tell if that's babe ruth or not 
Um, do you think it's the famous tennis player? It's Andre Agassi. I, this whole time I've been trying, I've been distracting because I wanted to make an Agassi joke and I couldn't think of his god darn name. Uh, anyway, yeah, we could maybe use the Ad Council's help with that. Speaking of the Ad Council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. If you didn't hear last week's show, um, I'd actually go back and give it a listen. I don't usually recommend my own podcast. I think it's a little bit gauche. But we had a lot of fun last week, as I said at the top of this show, that we were taking that um, Geico premise. You know, we have an ant problem. We have a clogging problem, whatever. Uh, and we came up with our own pitches for it. Um, yeah, it was very fun. One that like I came up with, I'm only saying this, it was not one of the best ones. Um, although I think... I think Mike, who you're produced like, the show, like, now you're like maybe it was one of. The I think best Mike, ones. in his email to us, did say his favorite one was the cabinet one. <laughs> that comes up in another voicemail we'll hear as well. I said like, oh, we have a problem with our cat. You know, we love our new home, but we have a right. problem with our cabinet. And then we go to a room and we see a bunch of like, you know, politicians sitting around a table, one representing agriculture and disagreeing with the, uh, somebody who is the secretary of the interior because one wants to do something in the garden and one says we can't afford it because we need new wallpaper right. or what have you. That's the kind of premise of the joke. Um, anyway, so let's start with producer Mike, who once again produced today's show. He also came up with another pitch for this style of ad. Hey, Andrew and Genevieve. Uh, listener Mike here. I've got a Geico new homeowners uh, pitch for you. Uh, so here's what I was thinking. You, you got your, you know, your new homeowners are sitting in their living room talking about how great their new house is. They, they love the neighborhood and the architecture, uh, but they have a gutter problem uh, with the idea being that the gutter insinuates rain gutters. Uh, but then the camera pans out and you see directly next to their living room is a full on bowling alley. And uh, I, I kind of had the idea of like one of those studio alleys that you see like the professional broadcasts on. And, you know, you've got a, a professional bowler in a high pressure situation and he rolls a gutter ball and the announcers are like, oh, there's another gutter. And he like loses his shit. I love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the best I could think about. Oh, we've, if depending on Geico's budget, you know, they could uh, get what's that? Pete Weber, is that his name? The guy who goes, uh, who do you think you are? I am. You get that guy, maybe? First of all, right, that's all I no matter what their budget is, I think they can afford Pete Weber. Yeah. Do you know this viral video? They're going to have to cut into their Sheryl Crow money, but I think they can get him. <laughs> do you Just know don't sacrifice any of the Kid Rock money. Are you familiar with this uh, viral video that he's referring to? This bowler who goes berserk? Yeah, I, it's it's been so widely circulated. I've seen it. I'm going to play the audio here. So again, um, as Mike said, this is uh, bowler Pete Weber. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know why he's so worked up. This dates back to February of 2012. He just must like win his match. And then he's going crazy. And he's just shouting a bunch of stuff. And he says, who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's right. Who do you think you are? I am. 
<laughs> I don't know why he's so mad at the crowd. There must have been like shit talkers. Uh, there must have been some kind of uh, God, I love that. shit talking of him or booing. Maybe he's, I don't know what his deal is if he's like not a fan favorite. If he's a heel. Do they have heels in professional bowling? Isn't there a um He doesn't seem like a face. Isn't there a documentary now all about that? Yes, where well, there's a documentary. They're doc- trying to like, they're bringing professional wrestling yeah they do bowling they do it's like um it's what's it making fun of specifically it's like i mean obviously every documentary now episode specifically um lampoons an existing documentary and i'm blanking on i think it's called any given friday maybe oh but it's it's not making fun of a of a like a football documentary but it's but but the premise is very funny you have these three bowlers who are competing and, and they kind of fall into different um, personality types. I think Tim Robbins. Uh, oh, is he? Robinson in oh, might Tim be Robinson. one of them. It's any given Saturday afternoon That's right. is the name of it, which is hilarious. And um, is he in there? Yeah, he is. He's he's one of the bowlers. And so and Michael C. Hall. Yeah, it's a really it's a stacked cast. You got and then Bobby Moynihan is the oh, like wow. also ran guy who really can't bowl for shit. Oh my god! But I you don't... got the one who's like very disciplined you know gets up and like mm-hmm. does his you know like he's like really follows all the rules and the other guy is like a party guy who like very freewheeling in his approach it's, it's a pretty funny one and you i didn't know that they were disciplined in a way that like every single documentary now spoof is correlates to an actual yes, specific movie true. not just a genre usually that's true yeah um i although i uh i'm obviously cannot quite recall which which one that is making fun of and maybe that's the exception to the rule and it just lampoon sports documentaries but almost but like literally every other one i can think of is like specific to an existing documentary my friend you are right i am reading um from the uh portland uh i'm sorry yeah is this the it's Oregon Live, so it's the Oregonian. Um, Documentary Now uh, wraps up season three, uh, and they say that all of the episodes lampoon well-known or obscure documentaries. They mention a parody of Wild Wild Country, um, original cast album Company was, a, was something that was spoofed, and any given Saturday afternoon is inspired by League of Ordinary Gentlemen, a 2006 documentary about professional bowling. So, so it actually just was even, also about bowling. They, they didn't don't even swap change. out the sport. They didn't That's even change out the sport. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, uh, so now back to some more Geico pitches. This one is delightful. It's from Laura. Hi, Genevieve and Andrew. This is Laura calling from Shoreline. I just finished listening to the We've Got Problems episode. And um, I had an idea for a new We've Got Problems um, commercial. First one, I've got a little additive onto your cabinet situation. You could say, oh, well, you know, we really love our house, but we just got to do something about these colonial cabinets. Mm. Um, because then you really could take it back right. in time and they could all be colonists in wigs. And that'd be pretty funny. Anyway, my idea is, um, okay, set the stage. They're, they're sitting in the living room. Um you know, we, we love our house, we love everything about it, we love the neighborhood um, in general, but, man, the the neighborhood barking is, is really hard to live with. And then you pan outside into, like, a cul-de-sac, and out there you've got some, like, old-timey carnival barkers, and one of them <laughs> says, uh, step right up here, young lady, let me guess your weight. Uh, I'll guess your age for an extra dollar. And then you pan around into, like, the backyard or the next door neighbor and they're like hey 
going, get the popcorn <laughs> here. Just a whole bunch of carnival barkers. Anyway, so uh, that's my idea on uh, we've got a problem. Uh, love the show, you guys. Thanks so much. I love how much Laura sold that. I fully love it, and I can absolutely picture every second of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all the old-timey costumes, the big handlebar mustache, like really like do the carnival, yeah. like the like a slightly old-timey carnival barking. I might tweak a little bit like the setup, like but there's just so much barking. So much or, barking. There's so much barking. I can't yeah. remember exactly. A lot exactly. of barking. A lot of barking. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's the, the premise is great. It's really good. Uh, this is from our friend Anna in Greenwood. Hi. Genevieve and Andrew. This is Anna from the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. Um, so for my idea of the we've got a problem is we really love our new house, but there's been a lot of settling. And you cut to the dining room table and you've got like a lawyer and then a couple of people <laughs> with like uh, arms and casts and, and the guy who looks like he's a store owner. And the lawyer's like, you're negligent for not indicating slippery floors, cost these two. Three days of work and hospital bills. I, you know, I demand you pay the bills or something like that. You know, you could continue with that thing. Anyway, good show. Very funny. Bye. Thanks, Hannah. That's great. I love it. Settling. Because settling is a thing that happens with houses. And I, I was like, I was wait. I'm, I think what's been fun about these is like, I'm waiting to see where what the joke is. Like I'm, I'm really excited to see what the pun is going to, or what the play on words is going to be. Did your brain for a second go where mine went when Anna was setting this up? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I was picturing, and this would be dicey. Yeah, I don't think you could do this. But like, I was picturing like maybe the couple has a teenage daughter, and she's just sort of like dating a loser, sort of. Oh, that's and funny. And she's just kind of like, really him or her, you know. The other way you like, could do it, and this might be problematic, just kind of from like a, I don't know. Uh, it might be insensitive uh, in this day and age, but you could have like a pioneer couple in a covered wagon oh, yeah. out in the backyard, like putting down stakes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. It's fun to think like the issues with home settling yeah. is a good one. Yeah, yeah, really fun. One more here. I was shocked to hear this man's voice on my voicemail line today or on our voicemail line. This is my friend John, who I work with at American Public Media. Um, Luke and I have a suspicion that John might actually be our boss. It's unclear at this point um but he also wanted to get in on the fun hey guys this is john in st paul minnesota uh for the we have a blank problem idea this could be like real synergy hashtag brand cross brand energy where we get like a state farm or whatever working with the nfl because i think they already have that relationship anyway right so it's Oh, yeah, we love our new house. It's so great. But there's a real electrical problem. Like, yeah, we're just having problems with electricity or something like that. Uh, that might need to be workshopped a little bit. But then it cuts to the person's home and it's players from the San Diego, San Diego Chargers, of course, in the commercial, you know, there's like in this random person's house, they're in full uniform, just like take off their helmets so you can see their faces, but like full uniform otherwise. And they just like go around like after a person, the homeowners enter the room and like turn on the light. One of the players just walks in behind him and turns it off or something, or there's like messing with the light bulbs or something. But I feel like there's something to really do with hashtag synergy with the uh, NFL <laughs> and the Chargers and electrical problems in people's homes. All right, that's it. So sort of a seed of an idea there. Yeah. A lot of stuff we need to polish off. Thanks, John. I think um, 
I think if you want to get charge in the in the you want to get charge in the word, yeah. we have a charging problem. But you wouldn't really say that about a house, right? Um, but leaving that aside, now I also like think the prankiness should be coming from the players, and it's the homeowners who are going around yes. cleaning up after them. So in other words, like maybe the players are leaving the lights on all over the place, and the homeowners are constantly like going around behind them turning it off or yeah. something. But we need something like yeah, because it's, if it's a charger, it's got to be in the the name it's got yeah you got to say something about chargers um what about this we love our house but and this is not really a problem that you would have with a house but just for the sake of the joke mm-hmm. we've um our chargers aren't working and you just okay. have a bunch of okay. people in chargers uniforms just laying around the house like there you have to she like the watching the, other people's football games maybe yeah whatever like they're just like being super lazy like yeah. you know they go to vacuum and like they won't even lift their legs up mm-hmm. from the coffee table mm-hmm. and it's just like very irritating you have all these like super layabout chargers lying around their house because the chargers aren't working I'm trying to think of their any other NFL teams that yeah, can also be plug, plugged in there. If you will. If you will, which you don't have to. I'd understand if you didn't. Um, let's see. Who are some other ones? What are some ones that are more we, like... I'm, I've been going through them in my head. We have a Rams problem. No. We have a Raider problem. Mm, you wouldn't a homeowner. We have, yeah. a, we have a Browns problem. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all do. Um, Steelers. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any that are... What are the ones that are like more... A lot of them are... Oh, well, animals. I mean, yeah, we have... I mean, a... any animal, really, I guess. <laughs> we you have know. a panther problem. Problem. Yeah, <laughs> that would be actually what is the most reasonable animal that's a football team that we could plug in there right um i mean a panther problem would be kind of intense it's intense uh ravens we are having a legit <gasps> crow problem that's what started that's all what of started this all but of we this. have a raven problem yeah. and lamar jackson won't sign his contract <laughs> i don't know if you follow that that was a huge <laughs> thing this offseason like he's representing himself and it was like the most yeah. drawn out thing i don't know if the ravens are going to go for that as a hashtag synergy <laughs> idea but um but i like i like where it's going a lot of there is this is a great creative yeah. workspace you guys i'm really enjoying it uh keep them coming we'll we'll play We'll play him as long as you keep sending him. So if this inspired you, call in. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Mike, I can't thank you enough. Why can't the rest of you be more like Mike? Mike is a good listener. No, you're all good listeners. Um, if you have ideas, but Mike's a good but producer. Mike is also a good producer. <laughs> um, if you have ideas for a show, if you have thoughts about this show, please get at us. You can call us at 607-444-5597. Again, that's 607-444-5597. You can email us after these messages show at Gmail. Um, you can visit us on the Facebook group. You can check us out on the YouTube with Love From Me to YouTube. Just uh, search for uh, After These Messages podcast, right? Yeah, After These Messages podcast on YouTube will come up with our page. And let me know if that was the Bambino. Yeah, let us know if it was the Bambino. We, we can't tell because apparently um, we are both clinically face blind. I mean, I actually give myself like... The, this old footage is yeah. it's like not my fault if we didn't know it was Babe Ruth I don't even know what Babe Ruth really looks like like he's just a big fat baseball very, player very very slender 
Slender, Ichabod Crane-esque, I believe right. they say. All right. Well, thank you so much to Mike again. Mike, that was really fun. Great premise. Awesome show idea. And we'll talk to you next Tuesday. They all like, well, Heems, you too proud. I'm like, you would be too if you had the juice now. Oh.